This episode of the podcast Under the Stairs is brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Check out the podcast Under the Stairs and many other shows over at legionpodcast.com. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is a very special bonus episode. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. In a few moments we'll be joined by a very special guest who's dropping by for a, a small chat. Is of course Ewan Kant, senior producer over at Arrow Video. He's worked on such great releases as the Hellraiser Scarlet Box Set, Necromantic, The Mutilator and Society. We will be discussing Arrow Video, the past, the present and hopefully the future. See if we can get some exclusives, although I get a sneaky suspicion they may be tight-lipped about forthcoming things but the day of recording this is release day for some UK titles so hopefully we'll manage to touch upon Burnt Offerings, 52 Pickup and The Burning. So I'm going to take a very short break just now to this very short introduction and when I come back I'll be joined by Ewan Kant, senior producer at Arrow Video. I'll be right back with Ewan right after this. And welcome back. So it is my distinct privilege and honour to be joined at this time by Mr Ewan Kant, Senior Producer at Arrow Video. This gentleman has worked on some of my favourite Arrow Video releases of the last few years, including the Hellraiser Scarlet box set, which is just jaw-droppingly good. Uh, Necromantic, which we actually discussed on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Mutilator and um, the rather fantastic society. Ewan, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks thanks for having me. Good to be here. It's fantastic to have you here. Um, I have been trying to pin down an interview with someone for Arrow for, for, for quite a while, but you guys are constantly working and constantly putting out new material um, it's very difficult to, to get anyone that has some free time so thank you very much for clearing a, a bit of your night to, to sit down and chat to me no, it's alright. It's a <clears throat> pleasure to take a little bit of a break from the work. So, yeah, today's a, like today's a big day for Arrow. We're recording this um, on uh, Tuesday. The what's this? The twelfth today, isn't it? I think. I've lost <laughs> track. I've, I'm kind of operating in a totally different dimension at the moment. You know, kind of. <clears throat> it's how it is with kind of release schedules. Is your your head is already. It was. I think my my head was kind of in Christmas before, and now it's kind of like next year. So my head's in kind of next summer now. Oh so my god! <laughs> kind of like yeah, it's quite um, puts you off balance a bit. So I, I, I don't know where the year's gone, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, the mm. t- today um, Arrow announced uh, three titles. Arrow video that has announced three titles um, coming for UK only. Blu-ray. Um, the first one being Burnt Offerings uh, from 1973, directed by Dan Curtis. Um, rather fantastic little movie starring Karen Black and Oliver Reed. Um, a movie I'd never heard of before by John Frankenheimer, uh, 52 Pickup, um, which has piqued my interest because Roy Schneider's in it. Um, and the long-awaited, I think there's Arrow fans up and down uh, mm. the UK 
celebrating tonight. Um, the video nasty American slasher, The Burning, is is making its yeah. way to to Blu-ray from Arrow. Finally, I mean that that title must be one that as an employee of Arrow, you you must have just been like, we understand that you want it, we're trying to make it happen um, for, for quite a while now, because that title just seems to come up all the time from from, uh, from fans of the label. Yeah, I mean, um, The Burning was, so I started at Arrow about uh, just over, well, it's coming up to three and a half years now, and uh, we were talking about that, you know, when I first came into the office, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's one that's you know, it's probably one of our most requested, I guess, titles, and it's you know, and rightly so. You know, it's 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 definitely, uh, you know, I'm a big '80s slasher fan, as will probably become apparent. And um, the Burning is, you know, it's probably the quintessential '80s slasher film. So um, yeah, and and it's you know, it's, it's people, you know, um, well, we did a cheeky little April Fools' uh, tease of it a few, well, in April, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I have to admit that was kind of my doing because, <laughs> but but hear me out because I would never have done it if it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. It just it's just so ha- it just so happened that we had, um, you know, finally sorted out the licensing um, not long before April Fools, and I just thought you know we we can't you know because we've been doing April Fools for a few years and I just thought we, we can't miss this trick. Like pe- people are going to be thinking you know like that's either like a really 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 cruel prank <laughs> it's like yeah because you know we were getting requests for it uh, you know almost daily so um but so we did kind of kind of announce it then you know and then we turned around and said okay we're not releasing it in the big mac overdone edition <laughs> with the phone burger but we are releasing it <laughs> yeah so it was nice to, to today when we announced to see that it's still got really really big response um, you know, sometimes, uh, yeah. I mean, it was already it was already kind of out there, but it was nice to know that people were really excited when we actually announced the date as well. So, um, but you know, um, justly deserved because Burning is you know one of my all-time favourites. So, yeah, it's um, the Arrow seem to have um, this innate <laughs> ability of kind of besting every October previous, like like every like October is obviously. It's, it's an important time, but you, you guys always seem to find a way to outdo the year before, um, which I think is really impressive, especially when when you look at the catalogue of movies that have already come out. It's that level of, you know, once you've delivered so many staples of kind of exploitation and kind of 80s horror cinema, it's how do you find the next thing to outdo that um, and I I'd, I thought like when Hellraiser came out um, the, the Hellraiser box set I was like really this is probably at this stage this is probably the biggest thing that you know Arrow Video as a company because this is like this is a huge franchise and you putting out the first three movies um, which are the ones that people tend to gravitate to I know that there's kind of scattered love beyond that for some of them I, I myself quite like four and five but um the fact that those three were coming out in blu-ray from the label and got the treatment i did it's like how, how do you go one step further and the burning certainly is is one of those titles that you know it's one of those weird freak occurrences of a kind of 80s slasher which has everything that you want from an 80s slasher but doesn't get a sequel Mm. It just kind of stands yeah. alone as an oddity um it's, it's really strange yeah yeah no definitely and it was definitely well 
Uh, I mean, the fact the fact that he's you know burnt and axed at the end, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything in sequel land. You know, he could have come back, but um, uh, that almost kind of enhances the stock of the burning as well. That it it wasn't kind of run into the ground and you know, um, Cropsy wasn't uh, you know kind of brought out into the light and kind of turned into this kind of uh, product like uh, you know. Jason or Freddy, or, yeah. you know, so it kind of adds to that as well. So you just you just really treasure and relish that that one outing that he gets. Yeah, definitely. So um, th- those are the three titles that have been announced for for the UK for October. You guys have another announcement coming um, next week, and that will feature US and UK titles. Um, I was reading on the, the, the Facebook page today and you were saying that um, there will be these titles that will be announced will be solely for UK and USA so there won't be the usual spin-off of the occasional title which goes to the American market only um, so so that's something very much to look forward to because like I say this I get the feeling that this is just the tip of the iceberg for October um, <laughs> and my, yeah. my wallet is secretly weeping at the moment but um, in the best possible way yeah. in the best possible way um, in terms of your kind of background you were saying that you've been with um, Arrow now for about three years how do you like as I've read your you had a really good interview on the, the Arrow uh, kind of blog spot page you've got and I was reading about your kind of university background your label experience background but I mean for, from what you studied at university through into what you did in the music industry and movie industry um, was it always kind of a secret desire when you started getting involved with that sort of uh, distribution model to move to something which more catered towards your interests in horror was that something you were actively pursuing or was it a kind of uh, one of these circumstantial things that just happened to pop up um, kind of a combination really I mean I guess if I'd known that uh, there was, you know, this this role that I'm doing now. You know, that I guess that would have been what, you know, that would have been what I would have been aiming for. But um, but really, I didn't. You know, um, I've been a lifelong horror fan, and um, I guess it hadn't really occurred to me that I would be able to, you know, find myself in that kind of role. Really, um, you know, I I was, um, you know. Uh, in the years previous, um, you know, I was trying to dabble in a bit of sort of film film criticism, kind of writing articles, you know, when I could find the time, um, penned a few pieces, a few features for a few magazines, mm-hmm. um, and trying to get involved on that side, but I never really, it just didn't really occur to me that this was something I could maybe do in my professional life. It was just always something that, you know, I would... Uh, relish doing you know out of hours kind of thing um but it's really weird because only kind of recently i sort of looked back to when i was like six or seven or like at my grand's house and i'd be you know sitting on the floor like scribbling away as like kids do and i'd be doing like vhs kind of cover design <laughs> like made up i mean the one i the only one i kind of remember was well i, I tried to dabble when i was a kid and make these weird little home horror movies and stuff but mm-hmm. it's kind of come up come up with all these you know covers for imaginary films that I was never going to make like uh, you know like kind of mind like them or something I call I don't know some like futuristic take on the minor tour legend <laughs> and I was designing all the covers and putting the certs and 
they always used to like copy the Vipco kind of style of you know like the not the preset stuff, but when they started releasing the cut stuff, that was kind of my era and copying the kind of cult classic kind of typeface logo that they had and it's just really weird i just kind of remember that recently and looking back and thinking that's actually basically what i'm doing now but i get to call it work so <laughs> yeah it's worked out nicely for me in terms of um because arrow as a, a company has i mean a lot of people fairly new to the the, the kind of collecting side of, of, of Blu-rays or, or, or DVD releases of the kind of exploitation and cult stuff have this kind of pre kind of preset idea that Arrow is a company that's only really existed the last couple of years and truth be told it's, it's several decades old now but the, the Arrow video brand itself were you aware of that before before starting to work on it, because I, I mean, it, it it was like thinking of the time frame of you starting the company, they were already starting to kind of push the the kind of Italian horror cinema by then. You were already getting some kind of Fulci and Argento titles. Were there things you'd come across before, or was it like a completely was this something that completely surprised you that you know these titles were getting the treatment they were getting? Mm. No, I was um, I was fully aware of Arrow. Um... I actually I bought the first two DVD releases, which was um, Sleepless and it was either Macabre or House by the Cemetery. Mm-hmm. So they were already the first couple of releases were Argento and Fulci, um, and I was you know I remember I can still remember the moment you know coming across them in the HMV, even though that sounds like <laughs> sounds like a bygone era, like, you know, picking something up in the HMV, but um, and just seeing them and just just. Yeah, just gravitating them towards them, and um, you know, I became a label to watch. And um, you know, with each kind of release, you kind of looked to see what you know. I I, I did anyway. Looked to see what was the next thing they were going to do, and it just kind of became in in my mind. It was you know that kind of there was a way of presenting them that kind of said this is you know the ultimate definitive edition, and it kind of. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the the uh, the standard that I kind of try and you know hold up now. You know, each time we work on a title, you sort of you know your kind of brief to yourself is how do I make the final word in this film kind of thing. And yeah, I was very very much aware of them, and you know, increasingly so in you know the month, the years and months, you know, before joining up. I came on around the time that. The first couple of Barber titles were coming out. Oh, fantastic! So, uh, just kind of uh, from you know the kind of had slight kind of brand rejigging where we went from the kind of the white bordered you know slip cases and you know uh, to the like the full full bleed artwork and slightly different branding and stuff. So it was you know it was kind of an exciting point of change to kind of come in. You know, where I think it, you know especially I think particularly with zombie flesh eaters that was kind of a definite kind of leap up in terms of where Arrow was going and, you know, the kind of the new restoration that they did for that. It was, it was kind of taking Arrow into a new kind of league, I think. And we're always looking to, you know, push that further, really. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the thing is as well, I mean, not that Arrow existed in a, a, a bubble as a company, but certainly by today, there are quite a lot of companies now um, in Europe, in the UK, in the USA that are now all kind of using that 
kind of template of what Arrow started doing as as their kind of framework for releasing titles in a similar fashion. Um, yeah. Even down to the alternative artwork, which you can turn around. I mean, this has been replicated over and over. Um, when Arrow first came out as well, it was, if memory serves, titles were were mostly region free um, and then obviously there was this, uh, a clear decision that obviously I, w- I would assume that's probably due, due to rights that they're locked within a certain region um, mm. but recently uh, in the last couple of years there's been that huge expansion into the American market um, was that decision based out of well we used to be able to distribute films over there or was it an opportunity of well there's a you know there's a huge market over there and arrow as a brand would do quite well because there are other brands over there doing similar sort of things um maybe better or worse that we could be doing things over there as well what kind of prompted that decision to to target the american market kind of a natural progression really um you know we you know, it kind of sets the standard in terms of, you know, um, deluxe editions of, you know, cult films. And, you know, we we wanted to apply our kind of approach on kind of a wider scale um, and, you know, tap into the American market. Um, from my point of view, the, the big um, kind of bonus, if you like, of kind of it's expanding into the US means, well, it, it means that um, we can kind of look, you know, we can expand our slate a bit. And, you know, as I said before, I'm a big fan of, well, big fan particularly of kind of US uh, horror films. And, you know, it this, this, it's really opened things up in terms of what, what we've been able to do, what kind of title, up, um, you know, restore stuff that wouldn't necessarily, you know, just couldn't really justify doing it just for one territory. <laughs> but you know, the prospect of licensing for the US as well really opens it up in terms of, you know, what we're able to do and uh, as a big fan of, you know, a lot of the US stuff, it's exciting for me because it means, you know, get to kind of, you know, tackle lots of stuff that I've kind of been wanting to get released for a long time and being able to live out that kind of dream of the the fanboy. In terms of, I mean, because if you follow your Facebook page, uh, the, the Arrow Video Facebook page, in terms of titles, now there's a, I think there may be a misconception out there that, you know, if someone suggests a title, you can just go and get that title, mm. <laughs> and then you, you know, it's a, a, it's a process of a set amount of time to remaster, you know, get all the bits and bobs and put it out. Um, Realistically, from the suggestions on the page, how many of them are actually looked into? Is it is it that you already have, you know, how many new titles are being suggested to the to you as a company that you haven't already examined? I mean, are, are there things that come up that you're like, you know, why didn't we think of that? Or is it something where, you know, a, a lot of the titles that are mentioned, i.e., the burning, for example, are all already pretty much at the forefront of what Arrow's trying to do but you know that that in itself is quite an uphill uh, process to, to, to get them out mm. um, kind of a mixture really I mean we, we have the suggestions emailed as well which come into certainly comes into my inbox comes, comes into other people's <laughs> inboxes as well and you know unfortunately we, we, we can't come back to them really um, but you know everything on board and yeah there will be a lot of stuff 
you know, um, you know, kind of stuff that might be, you know, um, wrapped up with a studio or something. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that is suggested that, you know, it's like, well, of course, we'd love to do that, but X, Y and Z. Um, but there will be some some genuine kind of prompts to, you know, maybe stuff we haven't looked into or maybe stuff we haven't, you know, heard of. Um, you know, we'll generally have a fairly, you know, good idea if somebody suggests something, we'll either have looked into it or know of it or, you know, know some reasons why we might not be able to do it. But, um, you know, take all suggestions on board and it's just, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of examples where somebody might have suggested something that's been, you know, totally left field. But, um, yeah, you know, we, we, we look at everything that comes in. And it's quite nice also sometimes when you know you're working on something and someone will say, why don't you guys do that? And have say, I, I had one the other day, you know, I just like, liked it. But I kind of wanted to say, yeah, we're doing it. But, you know, it, but it's nice because, you know, that kind of vindicates the fact that you've, you know, um, spent time, you know, get, you know, acquiring it and you know, getting it ready to get out there. So, I mean, there must be a, a gamble to a certain extent as well, because just because certain people are vocally asking for something online, that mm. doesn't always generate into sales at the end of the day. Um, I mean, how much, there, there will be certain titles, I would imagine, i.e. Hellraiser, that, you know, if we put this out, this is going to do well. You know, this is, this is gonna, especially if we do a limited version of it, it's yeah. going to do well because the collectors the way that we are anyway, especially with movies that we cherish, we will want to have like definitive versions of them. But in terms of, I mean, those will on, on some level finance gambles to an extent, I would imagine with, with other titles. I mean, how much research goes into actually working out whether or not a title that you are going to spend maybe the next seven, eight months working on actually achieves what you expect when it goes out the door? I mean, is that, is that always just a gamble that's taken? Or, or is there market research done into that? Is that something where, you know, there, there you see emails coming in with the same titles coming on them, so when you get the opportunity, there's a, a kind of preset idea of how well a title's going to do? Mm. Um, I guess it's kind of a case of calculated risk. I mean, um, you know, um, obviously, kind of research will be done into, um, you know, what you you look at. I guess, you know, um, comparable titles that are out there either in the UK or the US, and um, someone will have the job of analysing the sales data for those. Um, it's important, yeah, it's important to be able to kind of point to previous releases, you know, and say, I think this would be a that or this. Um, luckily, I don't need to tell <laughs> myself that too much. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I, you know, and there's other stuff you can have a gut feeling for. I mean, if, like me, you spend a lot of time, you know, um, looking into films and trying to find out about other films and you know you, you become aware from what you read online about you know what kind of an interest there might be in a certain film you know has it you know if it's only ever had a VHS release as well you know that kind of um, yeah there's some titles like you say that are just kind of no-brainers like mm -hmm. the Hellraiser and things like that um, but it's nice 
nice to balance those out with something, you know, more obscure, a bit more niche, and you know, um, and um, so it's nice to have that balance. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I um, started kind of as of last year, kind of getting involved um, <clears throat> in a bit of the acquisition side as well, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, you know, I like to think that I've got a feel for because I'm coming to it as a fan. I'm, yeah. I'm sort of, I, I kind of just go with my instincts. You know, I would, I would want to own this on Blu-ray, <laughs> um, and that's kind of as empirical as it gets to me. And you know, I'll, you know, um, you know, share that with people and um, internally, and you know, they can take a view. You know, we'll sort of. Uh, think about well you know whether you know there would be a genuine demand for that and it's not just me you know being uh, into my you know <laughs> obscure 70s 80s oddities but um yeah my a couple of the titles that i've acquired so far you know have, have gone down well so um my name isn't mud quite yet <laughs> at our hq is there any title that has come out that you were kind of thinking Right, this one, this one, this one could go either way. Uh, we're not quite sure, and it's just knocked it out of the park. It's just, you know, it, it's as far exceeded what you may have thought it may have done. Um, anything yeah. that springs to mind on that? Um, I was, I was pretty blown away by the response to Necromantic when we announced it. Um, I knew it was going to be, and it was one. It kind of was floated when I first joined and I was like, yeah, we have to do this. <laughs> um, you know, having spent like a hundred bucks to get like the US DVD, the old US DVD mm-hmm. a few years, you know, a few years before that off uh, Amazon or eBay, I can't remember. And, um, you know, I knew it was going to like cause a bit of a ripple, but, but, you know, when we first kind of announced we'd be doing it, you know, it was a really huge, huge response. So it was really cool to see that for such a, you know, underground movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it did well, you know, we did a limited edition and, um, and and that sold out. And so it was really, you know, it was, I think by that point, I kind of knew that there was going to be demand. It's got a certain kind of name value as being, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of reviled movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it was, it was, the initial response was pretty, pretty overwhelming. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of of other stuff. Because um, I, I was blown away by, I don't know why I was blown away, because I, I think the, the movie's fantastic and the, the actual end product that we got for Society is mm. incredible, but that is a nasty, nasty movie. Um, mm. And you kind of feel like you need to take a shower after watching it and to track That's what the... To do with the packaging to make you feel like you need a shower <laughs> or clean your hands after yeah. touching it. But before even opening it, I was like, this is, you know, this is wrong. Um, but, th- I mean, that that did really well as well, both sides as well, kind of on the, on the UK side and on the US side as well, mm. that was a title that was kind of snapped up and I mean that's, like, Brian Yusna has that affinity for kind of icky movies, um, I, I mean 
what was it like working on that? Because that's a that's a weird title. That's one of those eighties movies that that you have either seen, but if you haven't seen, you know of it because someone's told you about some of the things that happen in the movie. What was it like kind of working on that, that sort of project? Uh, well, it's a great delight because you know we have our office and we have the Arrow video side, and we we you know Arrow Films is is um the wider company and you know uh, do a lot of great stuff through our films as well the nordic noir stuff and more world cinema but i took great delight in you know parading the artwork around the office and um we, we had some people who hadn't seen it seen it before watching it in our screening room when i was next door and you knew when they were getting to the shunt sequence because you could just hear sort of like oh oh what 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 are they oh oh you know, kind of like it's uh you know, didn't really tell them what they were in store for, you know, so that was, that was nice. Um, but it was great. It was, um, it was really, you know, still, I mean, it's difficult sometimes. You spend so long working on a package. Um, sometimes it's kind of, it's going to sound, sound really um, OTT, but you get this kind of uh, postnatal depression sometimes. You spend so long working on something and then it, it, the final product comes in and you're just kind of like you can't see past kind of you know um things where you had to compromise on something or it's like you know perceived imperfections i mean that's what i like to think you know that kind of involvement kind of you know and you know goes into get, you know getting you know really good release out of it but um it comes in and it's kind of you kind of feel this kind of you know, you need a few days, a few weeks to to kind of <laughs> kind of accept it again, accept your child sort of thing. It sounds pretty ridiculous. <laughs> the the, but, the uh, prodigal Blu-ray returns. <laughs> yeah, but that that is one that I kind of you know I look back and I think yeah that was good. That was you know packaging's cool. You know um, I sort of had fun kind of coming out with the concept and then got Nick Percival who did the artwork to work it up and it kind of you know it just came out how I'd imagined it um, and I had had the pleasure of sitting down for a couple of couple of drinks with Brian Usner a few weeks ago oh, and, and um, you know he was like yeah this is just you know it's one of the best new artworks he's seen for a film and it just really nailed for him nailed what it was all about so that's you know that's that's you can't really ask for higher praise than that. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's one I still look back with, you know, very kind of fondly and think, yeah, you know, that's that was about, you know, what, you know, that was that was about it. You know, that was where it needed to be. How long typically? I know that there won't be a, a, a finite time on on how long it takes to get from right. We can acquire this movie to release, but. I mean, are we talking, is the process six months? Um, you know, is that a reasonable, for, for a smooth kind of acquisition to release? Are we talking like a year plus? Or are we talking longer than that? Yeah, um, depends what you, where you're counting from, really. I mean, the burning, as I said, we were talking about it when we started. Mm -hmm. When I started, sorry. Um, and, you know, trying to, um, you know, secure the right situation so if you wanted to take it back from the time you first started looking into it you know you could go to sort of four or five years um there's one that i'm working on at the moment an acquisition that i've been working on another one of my uh kind of uh crusades and um 
we've been working at getting the material uh, out from a lab for, I don't know, but you're surprised when you go into your emails, but I probably, well, even before that, trying to find people who could tell me where it was, that's probably, you know, a year and a half ago or something, and, right. you know, this won't be out till next year, so, um, in terms of quickest turnaround, um, I'm not sure, really, um, uh, I guess sort of six months, you know, um, in maybe some uh, um, certain circumstances, but yeah. And it's sort of, um, it's, uh, um, you know, to, to come back to what you said before, yeah, it's, it's how long is a piece of string really? It's, <laughs> there's, there's no definitive time frame for these things. In terms of um, titles as well, is there a, when, when a movie's already being acquired, is there already the thought pre process in place of, right, this is who will get to do the artwork and, you know, this is the shortlist of people we want to speak to, if they will speak to us about the project. Um, you know, are all these things already kind of planned out at the stage of, if we can acquire this, this is the way we're going? Or is it more kind of organic approach after that of kind of sourcing alternative artwork, seeing who is available? Uh, in the process after. How, how does that work? Is that another thing that's kind of not set in stone, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the film is the main thing. I mean, um, you know, you might be, at, you know, but sometimes when I'm looking at acquiring stuff, I'm already looking at what artwork is out there and think, oh, that might be cool for a slipcase or, mm. oh, that's definitely got to be the reverse or, I would definitely get this guy to do the new artwork. Um, you know, this director's done a bunch of shorts that'd be really good as extras. You know, this film has certain several cuts that you know. So I, I suppose, uh, yeah. Some sometimes certain things can be the sort of you know part of the rationale behind picking up a title. I mean, mm -hmm. not. I mean, I wasn't involved in this title, but um, I think one of the one of the big kind of selling points of um, Bloodbath. Um, that release is that there were, you know, it was a film that, you know, there were multiple, you know, cuts made up, well, not even cuts, you know, but they were added to and, you know, so that was the story behind that film and that was, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, that certainly makes it a much more interesting release and mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, you know, that might factor into it, but um, generally it's, it's about the film and, you know, you... You know, you'll think of stuff as you go along, and sometimes if you're working on uh, an independent acquisition, you're, you know, you may already be in touch with the filmmakers who are also the rights holders. So, you know, you'll maybe start up a conversation about what, you know, stuff is out there. You know, um, and I guess also when you're looking at stuff that's you know, uh, maybe already been out on Blu-ray or whatever, you want to look and see, you know, is there anything we can feasibly add to this? Or mm -hmm. is this only for old rope? Um, which we never do, you know, just for the record. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, you know, what's the, you'll look at, you know, what's the old existing transfer like? Um, and we have, um, a, you know, great, technical producer James White who oversees all our restoration work and you know we might send him a you know get him to look at the existing master because there may be tons of extras but the master might not be great yeah um 
you know, um, if there's a great master, tons of extras, is it big enough that people are still going to want it? If you, you know, you know, if you can add, you know, find an angle on something, add something that's, you know, going to be of some value to people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I've kind of talked myself into that now. It, I guess it can, you know, it, it what's out already and what you can add to it certainly certainly will influence some titles. The real joy for me is um, stuff that's only been on VHS, you know, yeah. or maybe not even that, you know, something that's, you know, it's a completely clean slate and it, it's really satisfying, or particularly satisfying to take something from, you know, from a muddy VHS to like, uh, you know, a 2K restoration or whatever. So yeah, the, the mutilator <laughs> blew my mind because <laughs> I was like, watching that movie going, this movie should not look as good as this. This looks immaculate. Well, I, I, would, I would, I would wholeheartedly disagree with you there. But, <laughs> uh, that yeah, that was quite a weird experience for me seeing. We had a preemptive screening in Fright Fest last year, I think, when we had kind of a work-in-progress version of The Master, and it was just weird to see grain in the film, mm-hmm. you know? I think this looks like an actual film. Um, yeah, so that for me is like, you know, the day and night, you know, uh, transformation is the real kickback for me, but you take something from each project. Mm-hmm. In terms of you as a, a horror fan, um, are there are there any dream titles? I know this is probably a question that gets asked all the time, but I, I feel that I need to fall into that cliche of asking it. Um, <laughs> are there any dream titles that you're like, this would, my, my work here would be done if we could put out this title, and if so, what is that title? Mm. Um. It's 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 difficult. Um, I mean, I kind of felt like my work here was done when I had the mutilator in my hand. Funny enough, I was I was more content with that than anything else, mm-hmm. just because it was the gift to the fan in me who had been trailing the kind of proposed Blu-ray releases for seven or eight years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I decided to stick at it and. Um, Finding you know new new reasons for being <laughs> um, some that I'm working on at the moment that I can't mention that are you know definitely high up on my agenda um, and um, I'm trying to think of uh, I mean anything where there's you know something that you can really get your teeth into mm-hmm. um, you know um, something where there's a good story behind it. Um, I, you know, I've said it before, um, you know, and I may get lambasted for for some of my um, tastes, but I'd love to do a uh, release of Texas Chainsaw 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and kind of maybe be uh, be admitted to um, Warner's vaults and uh, unearth all the work print footage and, you know, put together a, you know, a truly uncut version of that film. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's a stone cold classic but it gets better with each passing year i think yeah um and anything like that where you can really get your teeth into it um against uh, against many people's good counsel i'm big fa- well as i already said i'm a big fan of 
the 80s US kind of slasher stuff. Um, I'm, I'm a not so uh, secret fan of uh, the backward slasher called The Prey. Oh, uh, yeah. Shot in 78, but uh, released in 84. Um, and I think for that one, for me, it's a real underdog because I read so many reviews saying how awful it was and how <laughs> it was just hours and hours of nature footage and, and that it was just felt like, um, you know, like a nature doc or something. And then, I, you know, finally, you know, that's, I, I tend to, uh, you know, go into these things ignoring, you know, kind of like against... So many stuff where I've just read terrible reviews and thought, oh, I'm definitely not going to bother with that one. And then a few months later, I'm like, yeah, I have to see this one now. <laughs> uh, just even one slight good comment will will turn it for me. But um, yeah, um, yeah. So the the prey for me was a real, um, I don't know, welcome surprise because I just found a really, you know, um, effective little backward slasher and actually kind of. Um, if, if you go by the claim that it was shot in 78, kind of a little bit, say, ahead of time, but mm-hmm. and certainly before Friday the 13th and, and even just before dawn. Um, yeah, same, same year as Halloween. So, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it's an interesting story there again. Um, I think uh, Roger, because it was released by New World, I think Roger Corman cut it down. Trimmed it up about 20 minutes of um, gypsy camp, gypsy camp, softcore sex footage. Um, and so that was for a theatrical release. And so I spent a undue portion of my time trying to track down that full version, which I finally did. So I'd love to put that out. And, um, you know, there's this interesting story there. The, uh, it's a, a director-producer uh, couple that made it. Um, and it was the only uh, kind of legitimate feature they made, mm-hmm. shall we say. Okay. Um, so there's, there's, you know, anything where there's that kind of backstory. Um, and, you know, I, I'd say those ones because, you know, they're... You know, there's the obvious ones that I'll forget to say. I mean, I've mentioned Just Before Dawn. That's, you know, one of my all-time favorites. Again, um, you know, the stuff I just won't think to say. Black Christmas, of course, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, Exorcist 3, I would have loved to have done. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Anything where there's, you know, there's, there's, there's you know, that's what particularly fires my imagine my imagination i guess when you know you can already see the release take shape you think well we could do this cut and that cut and you know you want to be able to feel like you're you know bringing something of value to a re-release mm-hmm. um you know at the same time i've already ticked off a lot of my kind of my big hitters i mean hills have eyes is again one of my all-time all-time favorites mm-hmm. um so that that for me is quite a big deal to be doing um you know, I'm sure there's loads of stuff that I, I guess, you know, Necromantic 2 was, was a big one for me, you know, until we got to do that. Um, love to do more of Yo Booker Wright's films. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll think of tons more after this, you know, and I'll, you know, and instead I've gone out and said, you know, The Prey. <laughs> but, I, you know, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we all have our own little uh, uh, prices and uh, you know kind of little um, obsessions with you know films 
I think I think that's in some ways that that kind of benefits the, the brand. Though um, I mean, from from a brand that originally kind of came to prominence doing more kind of European horror and video nasties to see the brand expand out into uh, American cinema, American slashers, put out titles like The Burbs, for example, you know, like a, a proper cult comedy horror hit um, mm. through things like Hellraiser and now even the, the kind of Japanese mafia stuff now as well that's come out, Audition. Um, I, I actually, I'm, I'm just checking because one of the listeners to the podcast flagged up a postcard that appeared in one of these releases um, <laughs> and no comment <laughs> no, 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 no comment um, and, uh, if a postcard's in a title that, that means it is coming does that mean it's been officially announced then or <laughs> well I guess that is the uh, official announcement I guess yeah because yeah. it's, it's for, for dark water so I don't know if that's been officially announced or if we could even speak about it. Well, the postcards out there. The postcards out there. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the idea is, you know, sometimes we tease things out that way. So, you know, we only do postcards of stuff we're doing. So, so it's what coming. Can I, what can I tell you? Yeah. <laughs> In terms of like something like The Exorcist 3, which you mentioned earlier on, there in the last week and a half, um, Screen Factory, one of your competitors in America, have announced that they're putting that out on Blu-ray. When the process for something like that begins with a, another label in a different territory, is that something that makes the opportunity to bring it to a European or UK market more likely, or is it still a case of, well, the rights in America for that movie may be far easier to acquire than in in UK and Europe because we don't know who who owns the rights over mm. here. Well, what's that kind of process like? Yeah, it depends. I mean, um, uh, take the burning as an example. Obviously, that came out a few years ago, but we weren't able to do anything with it because we didn't know who owned it for the UK. So, um, you know, if, if it's so no, it's not always the case. Yeah. Or you know, we may not have a relationship with you know the studio that because um, these are always studio films we're talking about. We may have that kind of relationship with the studio, um, you know. But um, on on the you know flip side, if it is available, then you know the fact that it's being done elsewhere and that there's you know a master in the works and you know we can share on extras, then then it you know it, it can work to uh, the favour of doing a UK release. Alright, um, well I've I, I, one question left and then I'll let you go and once again I can't thank you enough for, for taking a bit of time out because it is for, right. for those who are listening. watch some horror in a minute anyway so. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know but this is it's, it's a late recording and you've been working all day. Um, the last thing I would ask you is um, in terms of and I, I already know the answer to this, but I need to ask it anyway. In terms of Arrow Video, you were saying that you're already in summer in your head for next year in terms of how you're planning things out. Um, is it spring? Spring. Sp- spring. Yeah. <laughs> is it safe to say then that as consumers, as fans, as, uh, as people that follow the label... Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to assume that 2017 is going to be a pretty exciting year then. Uh, it is, yeah. Um, you know, there's already 
a bunch of bunch of really exciting stuff um, slated for then. Um, yeah, uh, can't really. You can't tell us anyway. That's, that's all I needed to hear. That's all yeah, I needed to hear. Um, <laughs> you know, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what the borrowed bit is, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ewan, thank you very much for, for, for taking time to join me in the podcast Under the Stairs. Um, do you have any social media that you want to, to, to pimp out at the end of this? That people follow you on Twitter or or you know or, or things like that? Are you active on, on the social medias? Uh, the label or...? Uh, for, for yourself or the label? Um, no, I should really get that sorted, shouldn't I? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> so, um, so into the... Twitter sphere as I should be, yeah. But um, but yeah, but certainly check out the Arrow Video Facebook page and Twitter, um, and uh, as you mentioned at the start, you know we've got um, our UK US October announcements uh, next week. So you know there was no better time to start following Arrow's activities than uh, than then. So um, but yeah, it's going to be uh, well. I was going to say next week's going to be very exciting, but um, you know. From from our perspective, you know, the future is exciting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. plenty, oh. plenty of stuff to get excited about coming up. Well, thank you very much again, um, Ewan, and I'm going to take a, a very short break just now, and I'll be right back to close out the show right after this. You're listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs. And you've been listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs. This has been a very special bonus episode where I got a chance to interview the rather fantastic Yoon Can of Arrow Video. Yoon is the senior producer over there and I would like to thank him for taking a bit of time out of what has already been a very busy day for them. A release day after all for UK titles um, for October. It was fantastic chatting to him, he was a bloody nice bloke and hopefully we'll get him back on down the line to discuss more new releases as and when they come out from Arrow Video, that'd be pretty fantastic. Um, Like we were saying during the recording, um, Arrow have just announced burnt offerings on Blu-ray for for UK people, Uh, 52 pick up um, and The Burning which are all available on pre-order, they just got announced today, the day of this recording which is... Tuesday the 12th of July so you can go across and check them out if you want to check out the titles and maybe purchase some for yourself you can visit Arrow's website which is www.arrowfilms.co.uk forward slash arrow dash video um, they are also on Twitter which is a good place to follow them they tweet quite a lot over there which is twitter.com forward slash Arrow Films video and visit their Facebook page where they're always announcing new shit over there which is facebook.com forward slash Arrow video. So when I return in just a few days time, uh, because this has been a very special bonus episode landing in the middle of your week, uh, but when I return in um, just a couple of days time, myself and the Baz will be doing a rather fantastic episode. It is a collaboration, it is an invasion we are doing a, a one-off show with the guys from the podcast on Haunted Hill to continue my look at the top 10 Stephen King movies and TV movies adapted from his works. We're going to be looking at Pet Cemetery, and I'm just going to spoil it right here and right now. There's going to be an additional movie review on that show. Even though I'm going to be talking about it later on in the Stephen King top 10, we couldn't get away 
with a recording and not have the Baz finally air his views on his first time viewing of The Shining. So we're going to do a special bonus movie review on that show where the Baz and Gav and Dan are going to discuss The Shining. I'm going to probably pull back a little bit on that recording just because I have to talk about it again somewhere on my top 10 list. I'm not letting you know where that is yet. But yeah, that's going to be coming up real soon. I'd just like to personally thank some of the great reviews that we have had coming through on iTunes. Um, over the last week, we have had our very first iTunes review from Canada, which was pretty sweet to see. Um, and our first iTunes review from Australia, which is wicked. We love Australia. You know we love them. We love your horror movies. We love your culture. You're about the only other nation on the planet that can drink beer like the Scots. So here's to you. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for those great reviews. If you too want to leave us a review over on iTunes, it's very quick to do. It doesn't cost you anything and it's the best way to support this show. The more reviews we get over there, especially if they're five stars like the ones we have been getting currently, um, the more of them we get, the higher up the charts we get pushed, the more likely people will come across this show and check us out so um, yeah if you're listening to us on iTunes take a couple of minutes out leave us a bit of feedback all the feedback helps this show you can also check out the podcast under the stairs on SoundCloud you can check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio we are a proud member of Legion Podcasting Network where you can listen to us and a multitude of other fantastic shows over there um, on this show I recommend the Shodcast go across and listen to Bo and crew talk about video games old and new so uh, go and check them out exclusively on legion podcast network the podcast under the stairs can be found on the internet we have a website tputzcast.com you can follow us out on our facebook group page which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast you can follow us on twitter at, at tputzcast and on instagram at tputzcast Right, I'm out of here. We've got some recording to do and I'll be back in a couple of days. But until I speak to you then, please take care of yourselves, whatever you're doing and wherever you are out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, signing off. Oh my God.